This election is a choice. This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial. What's really important, of course, is 12 us in a giant stress-free rifle. Please explain. You're listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. Hello, election watchers. Welcome to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast, where our newsroom breaks down what's happening in the election for May 16, 2022. Just five full campaigning days until the federal election. Getting a lot closer now. <laughs> My name is Alexis Pink. I'm the news coordinator here at 4ZZZ. And joining us today is the 4ZZZ newsroom. Introduce yourselves. I'm Ivana Deskalovic and I am a Z-liner. My name is Indio Miles. I am also a Z-liner here. Very excited. Hi, my name's Grace. I'm a university student. I'm studying journalism and law and I'm quite passionate about the environment. On today's podcast, the Liberal Party launches their campaign, Clive Palmer bites the hand that feeds him, and Terry Butler has a take on a mixed parliament. But let's start at the top of that list. Indio, what's happening with the Liberals' campaign launch? Yeah, so the Liberal National Party, they just launched their political campaign on Sunday, only six days prior to the election, which is which is pretty interesting. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison throughout this really, really discussed his response to the pandemic. It was a pretty large theme that emerged. And he also introduced his future plans for a tax incentive to assist first home buyers. Uh, the Liberal National Party, he said, is aiming to achieve their fourth term in power with him being in for the second term as well. So there's a lot of interesting developments there. Uh, one of the quotes that I've seen all around the place is that he said that he had one focus as Australia's Prime Minister, and it's to save the country, and he did. Let's start at the top, the superannuation push to allow people to buy their first homes. Immediate thoughts? Um, don't touch your super, <laughs> is my immediate thought for anything. Mm. When it comes to policies like this, where extra money is added to the pool of available money to buy houses, what usually ends up happening is house prices rise. Um, Did the Prime Minister say anything about potential inflationary cost associated with adding extra money to the housing market through super? Mm, no, there wasn't really much for mention. When when I had a listen, anyway, well, when I managed to get around to watching it, um, the main focus was the first part of it, was that theme around the pandemic and his response to it. And then when it came to the tax incentive, there wasn't really much of a mention of the inflationary repercussions of that. Okay, so let's talk about the pandemic response. Hmm. Do you agree that the Prime Minister's approach to this has been always quite defensible in terms of, you know, his COVID-19 strategy so far? Mm, no, not not for me personally. I think there were definitely errors within that. And especially, I, I did find it quite ironic at the at the start of the, the, um, the video that they introduced him to with the campaign. Uh, all of these images of him in office, making phone calls, being at important meetings and things like that when we obviously had multiple occasions of him not being <laughs> even on home soil um, to, to help Australians when they needed it. So another theme which I definitely noticed, um, well, I, actually the lack of a theme, I think, was something that made sense to me was the fact that there was not really much of a mention of Australian youth uh, and definitely a lot of discussion when he did talk about youth, just pairing them into getting them into jobs in the future, um, which I personally found a bit disappointing. 
Um, but I, I can understand why, obviously, it fits right into their policies around the, the economy and the post-pandemic recovery, but there wasn't really much attention paid to this generation um, and how we're going to be able to help them. So, Okay, very interesting. Let's hear about what's happening with Clive Palmer. Okay, so the United Australia Party has put out an advertisement claiming that an airport at a Chinese-owned mine, Sino-Iron, in Western Australia is a security threat, failing to mention that the mine pays party leader Clive Palmer $1 million a day. While nearly all major WA mines have their own airports to aid fly-in, fly-out workers, the UAP video claims that Sino-Iron having its own airport is, quote, contrary to the security of Australia. Meanwhile, Northern WA's leaders are calling on investment from Defence in the North to protect the region's exports. Mayor of Karratha and Northwest Defence Alliance Chair Peter Long says, quote, We need some missiles and some infrastructure to act as a deterrent. Very interesting set of stories here. Let's, <laughs> let's start with Clive Palmer's approach to this. Approach is probably being quite kind, to be honest. <laughs> so... Why is he effectively attacking the people who are paying for his campaign? He had a very different approach in 2009. Like, he was on board with Chinese investments, and he even called the Foreign Investment Review Board racist. So what's changed? Is it global politics? It could Mm. be global politics. Certainly a lot has changed since 2009 in even Australian... Australia's understanding of how they fit into the world, especially in regards to China. Mm. Mm. I was going to say defence has definitely grown as a as a key issue in a lot of people's hearts. <laughs> and certainly China's approach to Australia over the last few years has been a lot more um, cool, if not frozen, on the international <laughs> side. Mm. Right, and I guess you could see, maybe you could argue that he's been mirroring the major parties' approaches of the khaki campaign, which they've been sort of using throughout this election campaign, and Mm. maybe he's sort of like mirroring them or reading that as uh, an opinion across Australia and that maybe he needs to, that's an opinion reflected um, upon the people. Let's have a chat about the Northwest Defence Alliance's conversation about setting up missiles in um, northwestern Australia. It's a little bit provocative, surely. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely would see it as that. <laughs> Just historically, any kind of instance of someone suggesting to set up a missile base just starts ringing alarm bells in my head of being very um, scary as, yeah, as kind of something to do. And now on to something in our backyard. Um, This one's about Terry Butler. The battle for the seat of Griffith between Labour's Terry Butler and the Greens' Max Chandler Mather has become quite heated over the length of this election. This week, Miss Butler raised those stakes by posting a meme suggesting a vote for the Greens is a vote for a Liberal government. The post implied that only a vote for Labour would ensure a Labour government, which is true. However, Greens activists and candidates have taken to social media to refute the claim a vote for the Greens will ensure a coalition government, regardless of Ms Butler closing comments on the post. In Australia, the government needs to be made from a majority of supporting members of Parliament, 
They can be from one political party or multiple parties. The government general will ask the party with the largest proportion of members to try and perform a government of coalition. If they can't, they will ask the next largest party to do so until all combinations have been investigated and rejected, at which fresh elections will be called. That last paragraph is fairly important. That's how governments are formed in Australia. So by posting this, is Terry Butler saying that... It doesn't matter if they're in a minority or not. They will not do a deal with anyone in the crossbench. It's what it's implying, but it doesn't... Like, history's shown that's not what happens. And the Greens doesn't form a government with the Liberal Party. Like, they've never done that before. So that's not true. Really? Yeah, the Liberal... Wow! (laughs) The Greens have formed government with the Liberals in Tasmania. Mm. So it's a clear insinuation, right? Like, I think we can agree that the purpose of this post is to insinuate this, right? But as you said, there's that historical evidence that kind of goes against it, um, which is why I'm assuming the comments of the post are being turned off, right? Because anyone with that political knowledge um, would be saying that instantly that this is kind of implying something that's just false. Yeah. I mean, and didn't Terry Butler win her seat in the last election because of greens voters that is technically correct um (laughs) she ran second on primary votes she required the preferences of max chandler mather who was running for the greens (laughs) in 2019 (laughs) Uh, okay let me pose to you a scenario let's say labor party doesn't want to do a deal with any of the crossbenchers and turns down the Governor-General's approach to set up a government. The Governor-General goes to the Liberals, they try to set up a government, and can't come to an agreement either. Mm. The next thing the Governor-General is going to do is declare a fresh election. Do you think Labour are genuine when they say they would rather go back to an election than form a coalition government with any of the crossbench? No. I, I can't not. see that <laughs> at all. That sounds that sounds crazy. That's Imagine insane, right? Australians out for another election. Yeah, I, I just I just can't <laughs> imagine that after all of this work, right? And they've got they've got um all of this foothold right now. And they have that historical well not historical maybe, but they have that tie with the Greens, as you just very, very um clearly said, Ivana, where they have passed on those preferential votes right i can't see that they wouldn't cooperate um which is yeah i mean i think it's just an interesting kind of revelation of like they've clearly see that the greens are gaining some sort of traction if they're going to be putting out this information about what happens if they get those votes so i think that there might be a bit of fear there Okay, so that's all the time we've got for the podcast today. Thank you for listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM, on DAB Plus Digital Radio, on the 4ZZZ website or your favourite podcasting app. If you have a tip-off or feedback about the show, please email us, newsroom at 4ZZZ.org.au. And if you'd like to support what we do here at 4ZZZ, you can go to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support and subscribe or make a donation today. Thank you for joining us. We will see you tomorrow. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.